heights to the depths of the sea. But Jesus had power over it all. Verse 21 of John chapter 6, it says, Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Mark's gospel tells us that they came to Gennesaret. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. The implication in today's study is that Jesus would not come unless he was willingly received. Even walking on the Sea of Galilee, Jesus waited to be welcomed by his disciples. Once they were willing to accept him in the boat, immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. This was a remarkable miracle. When someone willingly accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior, he comes into their lives, calms the storms, and makes them a new person. This is also a truly remarkable miracle. We must be willing to accept him in our lives as the disciples were willing to accept him in the boat. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching already in progress. Sometimes it is like that. Sometimes our lives are like that. Our Christian lives are like that sometimes. And it's not blind faith. I don't believe in blind faith. Because the Lord will cause you to step out and it's not blind because of you know who it is that you believe in. And sometimes you're forced to step out where there seems to be no ground underneath you. Uncharted territory. If you haven't been there, and most of you have, you will be there from time and time again. But even though we don't like trials, they are important in our walk as we grow because they cause us to exercise faith and trust. As these men are walking, you know, going across this Galilee, it was a trial for them. It was a trial. And trials are good for us too. We don't like them. But James tells us, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And what does Peter tell us? He says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. That the gen- Here it is, that the genuineness of your faith, why did all this happen? Why did the, 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 the ship and, and everything just be reeling with the way? and why were they afraid their faith was being exercised like that rubber band that I've got here (laughs) Peter, James and John (laughs) their faith was like this and God says "I I need to do this I need to stretch you and I'm going to continue stretching you and when you feel like you've had enough you're going to relax at that point And then later on, I'm going to stretch you a little more. And that's what's happened to this rubber band. 
It used to have its elasticity. But because of use, it's, it's gotten more pliable and easy to work with. It probably used to be smaller than this, but because of use, it's, it's allowed to expand its borders and its normal facilities, faculties. And we're like that too. I feel like a rubber band sometimes. Do you? Being challenged. But God allows trials and difficulties in our life, as you know, to bring us to, to an end of ourselves at the very least. Nationally, he brought Israel to an end of themselves as he brought them through the Red Sea. They too had to walk by faith, didn't they? And I love the passage in Exodus chapter 14 because it, even though they didn't walk on top of the water, they walked through the water, God bringing them through the water. Very similar, but now nearly two million people are going through on dry ground with a wall of water on each side of them as they all went through. And then when they got to the other side, God says, Moses, take your staff down because the Egyptians are coming after you and their history You're not going to see him anymore again. And that happened, didn't it? Nationally, they were brought to that place where they had to do that. But what about personally? God allows trials in us personally that we might trust and have faith in him. Remember in Acts chapter 12 when Peter was sleeping in a cell after they had arrested him again. He was shackled to uh, Roman guards. And what does it say? It says there in verse 6 of, of, um, of Acts chapter 12 that when Herod was about to bring him out that night as he was shackled in the prison, that Peter was sleeping, bound with chains between two soldiers, and the guards were before the doors who were keeping the prison. He completely trusted in the Lord as he was sleeping, knowing that his time was probably coming to an end. If they killed my Savior... And they got me in this prison. I have a pretty good feeling what's going to happen to me next because he had already, Agrippa too, already killed James, the brother of John, with the sword prior to this. And so Peter's thinking, well, here we go. This is my place. This is my time. But notice he was sleeping peacefully, trusting. He trusted the Lord. I think by this time, Peter's like, you know, Lord, whatever you want to do, whatever you've got to do in my life, that's a good place to be. Whatever it is that you want to do. And sometimes God allows these trials and these disappointments, these difficulties in our life as divine appointments. Remember when Paul and Silas were in the Philippian jail. They sang praises at midnight, Remember? And an earthquake, as they sang praises, God brought an earthquake and shook the foundations of that prison so much so that they became unshackled from the walls. They became unshackled. And the prison guard, whose, whose life it was dependent upon to keep those prisoners secure, he sees that all of a sudden now they are free. And Paul says, no, we haven't gone anywhere. And he comes in with a, with a lantern and says, knowing that his life would have been on the line if any of those men escaped. He had been hearing the hymns and the praises that Paul and Silas were singing at midnight. And this man was thinking to himself. And instead of getting out of the prison, they stayed, they submitted to the word God had had them. 
And this man comes in trembling and says, what must I do to be saved? And that very night, as a result of their trial, their trouble that they went through, what happened? It was a divine appointment, wasn't it? When they first got into the prison, they're thinking, what a bummer this is. But then as the night began to proceed, I'm sure that Peter, or or, or Paul and Silas, I'm sure they're thinking to themselves, now we know why we were put here. (laughs) There was a whole family. The prison guard and his family got saved. They brought him out and washed off their stripes. What an amazing thing. Notice they were trusting in the Lord and not panicking out of fear. But God would use this trial in their lives not only to bring them out, but to save others. I love a verse in Ephesians 5 that says, See then that you walk circumspectly. Literally, walk carefully. Circumspect means, circum means around, and spec means to see. So, are you watching around you? Are you living your lives where everything around you, you're aware of what's going on, and you have a pretty good idea? Of the things that come out of your mouth, the things that you do, knowing that you live in a Christian as a you live in a fishbowl. Everyone, believers and unbelievers, are looking at your life, wondering, is your faith going to hold up when this event happens in your life? When this trial comes, is your faith going to hold up? Are you still going to be believing in Jesus when He takes away your spouse and He takes away your mother? And your father in the same week. And that's happened in this church. Where are you going to go? Is your faith going to hold up? Is your walk with the Lord going to still remain consistent? People are looking. They're watching how we deal with things. But the jailer and his family, they saw... And they heard Paul and Silas, and it brought them to faith. I love Psalm 40. What does it say? It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, David says, and he inclined to me. He heard my cry, and he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And that's literally what Paul and Silas in that jail where they were at. They were in the innermost part of the dungeon. The darkest, the smelliest, the mustiest, the most (laughs) disease-laden. And they're in there singing praises at midnight when the earthquake occurred. And David says, I waited patiently for you, Lord, and, I incline, and, and you inclined to me and heard my cry. You brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. You set my feet upon a rock, established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth that, you know, as they praise God and praise to our God, and many will see it. And who heard it? Who saw it? And not only heard it, but saw the faith of Paul and Silas that day, that Philippian jailer. And he would take those men home, wipe off their stripes, and he and his entire family would be saved. A divine appointment as a result of a trial, as a result of calamity in the life of of a believer. You may find yourself in your trial to be in it, and it was a divine appointment And there's no other way that you would have gotten to that place except God. Yesterday we were coming home from the Adirondacks. And about a minute ahead of us, unbeknownst to me at the time, a woman pulled out in front of a motorcycle and the guy was going pretty fast in a head-on collision. 
And we had just come upon the accident. I had the camper in the back, and I had to slow down. And I, I get out of the car, and I run over there. And the motorcycle, the guy in the motorcycle, it, he was a mess. He was dead, instantly killed. I didn't know he was dead at the moment. He looked like he had, he had died. So the guy who was driving the car, he gets out and he's doing compressions trying to get the guy to live and he was not responding for minutes and minutes and minutes. He's just tirelessly doing it until the EMTs arrived. And I'm sitting there at the head of this guy just praying for him, not knowing what was happening with those no pulse. It was a mess. It was my divine appointment. I have no idea what that was all about. Maybe the guy who was doing the compressions... His wife was in shock in the car, and there were other people gathering around. But we all have a divine appointment. And honestly, I wanted to get home. We had been camping for a week, and I wanted to get home. And believe me, those roads in the Adirondacks, when you have to turn around and go somewhere, sometimes you're hours off course, right? We found another way, thank God, but... I was disappointed at first, but then I realized afterwards, Lord, this was a divine appointment. I don't know what it was all about. But we just pray. The guy doing the compressions was doing all the work to no avail, unfortunately. But sometimes God allows these things, doesn't he? He allows these divine appointments. Peter had a divine appointment that day. So did all the other disciples. There are many other instances of this in the book of Acts. In Acts 26, with 27 and 28, of Paul being shipwrecked on the island of Malta en route to Rome where God was going to send him to appeal before Caesar. How many things in that trip? I want you to read Acts 27 and 28 and understand how many things had Paul not been on, the, on that boat that day. All those men would have perished in that trip. But because God had his man on the boat, he prayed. God spoke to him and told him exactly what to do to the saving of all those men. That was a divine appointment. Paul thought he was going to Rome and to talk to Caesar. Yes, that was the end of it. But all along the road, on the route to Rome, there were things like the shipwreck on Malta. And those things were by no mistake. The Euroclidon that happened, the prince of the power of the air says, I'm going to destroy this ship because I want to destroy Paul and everybody with him. And God says, try it. Go for it. Let's see what you got, big guy. God, God had a different plan. No coincidences. But at the end of Matthew 14, it says, And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And then those who were in the same boat, who were in the boat, came and they worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I mean, really? You just saw him do all these other miracles before, and now you're saying, Truly, you're the Son of God? And I'm, I'm encouraged by this because they were continually learning who Jesus was, just like you and I. I'm continually learning who Jesus is. And I'm learning how great he is, how his grace and his mercy, how great that is. And you are too. As time goes on, he's revealing these things in and through our lives, through circumstances, through trials and tribulations, and and getting us through those things. He's revealing all of these things, isn't he? Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he glorious? Isn't he the king of kings? 
Doesn't he deserve praise and honor? Amen. Amen. He deserves it. He deserves it. But Jesus had power over it all. Verse 21 of John chapter 6, it says, Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. Mark's gospel tells us that they came to Gennesaret. Remember this? um, They were going to Capernaum there in the north part. But now they ended up in Gennesaret. Mark's gospel and Matthew's tells us that. They were way off course by a mile or two. When was the last time you prayerfully stepped out in faith? And I have to ask myself the same question. It's an important question to ask as we wrap up here. When was the last time, notice that I said prayerfully, not just stepping out in faith and stepping out in foolishness. You know what I'm talking about. You can be impetuous and think, well, I'm just going to step out in faith. Well, you'd better pray about that. If God is confirming in your heart through the word and even giving you that still small voice in your heart and through other circumstances, you pray. And then when you feel like you've got sufficient understanding of his heart and his will, then then you step out. And you will be surprised at what God can do when you step out in faith. As Peter stepped out of that boat, he had never done that before. Certainly the other men were thinking, he's going down. But Jesus didn't have a problem. He could have said, all of you guys, jump out of the boat. Just jump. I'll sustain all of you. You could do it because I'm with you. If I'm not with you, you're in trouble. But it doesn't the Bible say that Jesus is Emmanuel? God with us. I want God to be with me. Do you want God to be with you? Do you know that he can and will be with you? He wants to be with you. He wants that fellowship. Do you want to have that fellowship with him, though? See, he desires that always, but the, 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 the block, the stumbling block is in my own heart because I don't always want him. I want to do my own thing. Or maybe because of experience and schooling or whatever, I think that I can do it. Why not, instead of relying on your own skills and abilities, especially the things that you're very comfortable with, Invoke the Lord in those things and say, Lord, I know that I could probably do this, but you know what? I'm not going to take anything for granted. I ask, Lord, for your help. Help me with this. You humble yourself before the Lord, and then what? He will lift you up, and he will see it through. I want to be like that, don't you? Those times when you sense the Lord urging you, but you were paralyzed by the what-ifs and the natural obstacles. What did Jesus say in Matthew 21? We're coming, we're wrapping this up. He says, When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither so soon, Jesus? And Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, there's the key, in prayer, believing, you will receive. Pray and don't be afraid. Pray and don't be afraid. Repeat after me. Pray. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. 
But don't step out in impetuousness. No, you step out, notice, in prayer. And anything you do, you pray. And you believe and you pray some more. And when God gives you that green light, you step out and see what happens. Because his purposes are bigger than anything you and I can imagine. And see, I knew in my heart when I was sitting there in my hammock overlooking Lake Sacandaga, the Lord could have allowed me to walk on water. But why did I ask? What was my motive behind it? He could have. He's able. But what would, it, what would the purpose be? I know he's God. If I was in a real calamity out on that ocean and it was, or on that, on that sea, on that lake or whatever, if I was in a real pinch and I was out there by myself and a storm came up and it was necessary for him to keep me alive, he'll keep me alive. If, if, even to the point of it means me walking on water, he can do it. Or he might have a big log prepared for me nearby where I could grab onto and float to shore. Either way, pray and don't be afraid. Trust in Jesus Christ. I'll leave you with one final verse. Hebrews 13, verse 8. What does it say? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He doesn't need to change. He cannot change. But you and I, Christians, that we change, we're changing all the time. Hopefully we're changing from glory to glory. We're being sanctified. It's a process. It takes us a lifetime. We're, we are changing. God never changes. I love that. Because what he was able to do in any saint in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, he is able and willing to do for you, if necessary, for whatever purpose he has. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for this scripture, this passage. Lord, we thank you that you are Almighty God and you have command over the universe. You have the command over nature. You have command over physics because you created physics. There's nothing too small or too great for you, Lord. You who spoke and the world was. When something that wasn't came to being, came to being immediately based upon your creative power and your genius. And Lord, we thank you for that. We know that you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Lord, please encourage our faith and strengthen us as we sometimes are, have, are led out onto the water. Well, we are led out to seemingly impossible things, impossible circumstances according to the natural God. Would you please show yourself strong to us, Lord, to this body of believers. This week, Lord, would you do that? Reveal to us your power. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Jesus loves you. He loves you. God bless you. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.